Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, a show about the communal experience of loving science fiction. This week is a very special episode for no other reason than because a new Star Trek movie has come out. Immediately after our first viewing, several friends and I came back to my apartment to discuss the film. So let's get to it. Oh, and there will be spoilers. We're talking about the whole movie. So make sure you see that shit first. Here we go. Very obnoxious beginning to the podcast. That's enough of the Imperial March. Thank you, Dan. I thought we were going to sing Sabotage. That part was so cool. All right, we'll get there. Let's all say hello. Ross, welcome to the podcast for the first time. Say hi to us. Hi to us. Good work. What's I, your name? <laughs> yeah. I am Ross. What's your last name? William. What's your Twitter handle? Uh, Bumpy Grindhouse. All right. Bumpy cool. Grindhouse. I like that. Where are you from? Uh, Missouri and other places. Oh. So. Is there like Scottish heritage in your... I kind of just assume. Okay. Yeah. Because uh, you almost... You sound like Sean Connery trying to do an American accent. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what your voice sounds like. I think that's a compliment. It is. Not to worry. Thank you. Can you it. say welcome to the rock? Um, Welcome to the rock. No, no, as you. Oh, no, that was. Okay. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, Kayla's back. Hey. Tiffin's back. Hello. And Dan DeRozier's back. Actually, so, Tiffin, I got to stop because uh, this will come out before the first time you're on the podcast. Oh, so this is new. So oh. this is backwards. Yeah, oh. I'm going to release this first and the TNG stuff after. Right, so you're back, one. but no one knows who you are. Hi, I'm Tiffin. There we go. Well done. And Dan's back. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, this starts a new continuity of the podcast. Then, oh right? my god, going, this is the Kelvin. This is the Kelvin timeline yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to start this time just because I've been holding this in since the movie ended. But I fucking loved that movie. Yeah, that show was so good. I loved it. I I am like such a good mood right now because I just went to see a Star Trek movie that I'd never seen before, and I fucking loved it. And it had one of my favorite moments that's ever been in any Star Trek movie. <laughs> which is the Enterprise riding like a wave of flame. And there's just that one shot. Well, not the Enterprise. I guess the Franklin at this point. Yeah. Yeah. The Franklin like shooting up uh, with flames behind it and this just gigantic wave of flame behind it. Uh, destroying the bad guy with music was my favorite thing yeah. of the day. Oh, Jesus Christ. Christ. Yeah. So good. Did anyone have a problem with destroying the bad guy with music? No. No. It- so good. It was such a badass moment. The whole yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what that scene needed. I, I sense hesitation from Russ. No, I, I actually really thought... Uh, this is actually the second time I've seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's right. Kayla told me you saw it last night. Uh, and like both times, I thought, like, this should be corny, and I should not be liking it, but <laughs> I'm so happy to see this, <laughs> slash hear this. I wish that the first song that they had played was Killer Bees on the Swarm. That would have been really great. <laughs> Instead of Public Enemy, they have some Wu-Tang Clan. Wu-Track. Yeah. I saw it, like, when you see them, them making the decision to do it, you already know they're going to do it, right? Yeah. Like, Because yeah. well, it's like, why else would they have set this up earlier in the yeah. movie? When he says loud and distracting, you know they're going to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then my mind immediately went to Star Trek Four, and I was like, they're doing something <laughs> as dumb as whales, and it's going to be awesome. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, that yeah. just, like... It was a little embarrassing at first. I was like, oh, really? This is, oh, okay, this is good. Yeah. Oh, I <laughs> love it. I agree. It's like, it shouldn't have worked. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. it was so good. <laughs> the bits were like, "This is classical music." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. So, what do we think about just the story in general? I thought it was cool. The whole movie seemed like one long episode of a TV show. Yeah. Right. Like I liked, 
I like that it was. It seemed like a smaller story, right? It wasn't about this like grand, because mm-hmm. like, I, f- I feel like Into Darkness. It was. It, it was. The, it was like this huge epic tale of like the Starfleet uh, becoming militarized, yeah. and, and but this seemed to be like a small story that can stand alone on its own. It didn't. It didn't rely on the first two movies to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I kept thinking that the whole movie and. Like laughing at myself because, I mean, it was very epic. Like there was so much action, but the heart of the story was very simple. And yeah, it was just like we're stuck in a planet. We need to get off. Yeah, like we've been attacked. We're stuck. We have to get off. And that is, I mean, that kind of thing happens on the show all the time. So it did feel like an episode of the show to me. And we've never gotten to see this iteration of the cast do something like that. It's always been the Earth is at stake, and I'm so sick of that. So mm-hmm. I was just like infinitely pleased that they did something different. And it was something that felt in line with the kind of thing that would happen on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, big giant green hand, my favorite line. And <laughs> yeah, I, I was yeah, the only that person awesome. that I heard laughing at that. Uh, but that's a reference to the original series. Like, what happened to the, to the Franklin? Oh, there was a rumor it was grabbed by a big giant green hand. Uh-huh. And in the ending credits, I know yep. Tiffin recognized this. Uh, in the ending credits, there was a big giant green hand for a second. And it was so fucking awesome. It, <laughs> it made me so happy. Totally cool. missed that. Yeah. I, so, Tiffin, you're the biggest original series fan in the room. How did you feel about it? Did it capture that feeling to you? Um, yeah, I felt like it was a little too action-packed, in all honesty. Too but much action. It was, it was a little bit too much action for me. I felt like, I felt like it was missing character development. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no kisses in that whole movie. No. Oh, that's weird. I mean, Good. Not really? even. Yeah, I was really, especially introducing a new female character, mm-hmm. I was really happy they didn't, like, arbitrarily... Like, I saw Kirk walking towards her, and you're kind of like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. Well, if but, it was an episode of the original series, he would have, I mean, he would have <laughs> fucked her. He, he would have lost his memory, lived on that planet with her, forgotten who he was, have a family, and then stand on a mountaintop going, I'm happy! <laughs> he did rip his shirt. I didn't know he ripped his shirt. I was so happy. Right. Off. I was that so was happy. Awesome. And he's like, I ripped my shirt again. I was yeah, so happy. That was really cool. That's like a huge trope in the original series. Is it? Every time he goes yeah. to a planet, okay. Kirk comes back and his shirt's half ripped off. Yep. I did love that opening scene. Yeah, those aliens are really cute. Yeah. yeah. They, you think they're like the giant monsters yeah. and they're yeah. really yeah. tiny. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. And was, I love the one at the end. What they he's call like him? Kevin? A shirt. Yeah. He's like, Kevin's still not wearing pants. Yeah. And he's hanging out with Keenzer. Yeah, oh, I love Keenzer. I love that moment when Scotty and Keenzer reunite towards the end. And they, they almost hug. They uh, almost hug. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, as far as character development went, I mean, the only the only thing you were really tied to was um, the Spock relationship, the Spock and her relationship. Like, what's going right, on there? Even that yeah. was like understated. It was I very was understated. Like, I I don't know. I like I uh, I like that there like there's no like uh, central piece. You know, like some girl that everyone's fought mm-hmm. over. Or, uh, I don't know. It, Just the weapon. That was the central piece. Yeah, yeah. That, that, was the, that was a solid <laughs> piece, too. That it had it was a really curvy weapon. Yeah, I like that it was about friendship. It's like the movie's just about uh, teamwork versus domination. Uh, and I like that there was a theme at all, you know, because the first two didn't really have uh, some sort of a, like a human nature theme to grab onto. It was thin. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think that it was like... Uh, that meaty, but it was there, and that made me so happy. A big part of it was the fact that it does have a theme, but I really felt like of the new movies, this is the most Trek one. I agree. Like this one, I I, I could really feel that, you know, oh, there's like 
there's new planets and new alien races and they're going out and exploring and yeah mm-hmm. it just it felt really Star Trek I was super happy about that I love the the line uh, where he's like days have become episodic mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that was great too <laughs> there was so many shout outs to to uh, people who have seen the original series so fast like mm-hmm. the very beginning of the movie they played the first two notes of the main theme. And that's it, just the first two notes. And I loved that so much. There was a couple musical shout-outs in this movie that I was just so fucking excited about. Like, especially at the end, you know, when you see the crew and they play a line of the, of an actual whole line of the theme song. Mm-hmm. Um, man, seeing the crew at the end, that picture from Spock's luggage, mm-hmm. Spock Prime, yeah. was, I, was so touching to me. I was like so emotionally so, Okay, I'm, con- I'm a little bit confused by that. Like, I didn't mind it, but like... Oh, I can help you. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> so like, how did... Spock, Spock Prime, how is he in the Kelvin timeline? So he came back in the first movie to try to catch Nero and stop him from his machinations, basically. And then he couldn't get back. But him being there kind of... What happened in the first movie created a new timeline. So it's like the quantum reality theory. There's all these different timelines that still exist. Mm-hmm. So we do know that the prime timeline still exists, right, still... which is something that I was so butthurt about for a couple so of like days. Yesterday. I was like, first time I saw the first movie, the whole movie was kind of tainted for me because I'm like, you tell me Captain Picard might not exist. Is that what you're saying? Because that's what you're saying. <laughs> but then there's, then there's yesterday's oh. Enterprises where there's tons of Enterprises. Yeah, though. they're saying that, yeah. that, that, yeah. that it certainly does exist, right? Yeah, especially yes. now that we're getting like the new show, which just announced yesterday, will be called Star Trek Discovery, which mm-hmm. we have to talk about later, but we'll see if we get there today. Uh, so basically, Spock is back. He can't get back, so he decides to live and be a productive member of this society by trying to help setting up the new Vulcan colony on this new planet. Uh, mm-hmm. So he... Did you see on his... On the thing that said that he was dead, it said mm-hmm. like twenty something. Yeah, he was to, only like thirty. It was thirty three years. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was wow. like thirty three years, which I loved because that's true. I mean, because it's been um, like since Spock that we know as Zachary Kinto Spock in these movies, it, he's around thirty something years old at this point. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. I, so like, Spock, I don't, again, I don't. I don't. I'm not criticizing. Spock that. grows care. up I to be old be, in the right. in the prime timeline, comes back to a point in his past in a new timeline. And then spends his last years there and then dies. Okay. Yeah. So he's just, he's just like traveling through dimensions? He's traveling through... Uh, or like parallel par- universes. Parallel, yeah. He traveled back in time into a parallel universe. There's old Spock and young Spock and he just let back in time. It's not back to the future rules where like any change you make changes the future and that's right. the only timeline. Right. So, like yeah. so, so, he, so Spock went back in time mm-hmm. and by going back in time created a new timeline? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay, and that's the Kelvin timeline. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The weird thing is that that's not always what happens on Star Trek. Like, sometimes you go back in time and you hang out, then you go back to your present, it's the same, except there's trivials on Deep Space Nine. That's the only <laughs> difference. But, I don't know. Um, so, think, just think about Rick and Morty. Like, Rick and Morty have the quantum physics. Like, every, there's all these different quantum realities that are almost exactly the same, right. but just slightly different. Spock going back creates a new quantum reality in which things are slightly different. And so, then he can't get back to his... He can't get back. He's no. like, fuck it, I'm just going to do good stuff here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like... I think he feels indirectly responsible for the destruction of Vulcan, so he wants to stay and try to rebuild his people. Okay, I see. Okay, which, okay cool. Yeah, I'm, which right. is a big part of why... You're on board. Uh, yeah, young yeah, on Spock. Board. I was not on board, I was just, just confused. confused. Yeah. yeah. I love the introduction of of Sulu's partner and daughter. Mm-hmm. And perfect. it was like... It was exactly how it was described by Simon Pegg and... Uh, I just, I love that, I just loved it so much. I love that for the first time, the loved one back home that you're worried about, like the pilot who's got the picture mm-hmm. uh, on his dashboard, he's like thinking about like his We all made sacrifices. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought it was 
awesome. It, it just it made me so happy. I wish that they had a full on hug though instead of just the arms around yeah, each other. Yeah, or a kiss. Yeah, yeah, yeah a kiss would have yeah. been great. Like if you're on Shorely or yeah. I yeah. kind of like the subtlety like of too. like just the kind of playing with the small of his back thing because that's so like. Like, a kiss would almost feel like that's a movie cliche, but you don't see that as much in movies, even though yeah. you see it all the time with real couples. Yeah. And it just kind of makes it that much more real for me. I don't know. I agree. I agree. I felt like... See, that, that I feel the opposite about the the, the, the subtle back touch. Hmm. In what way? Because it was like, let's make him gay, but not too gay. Let's not rub it in people's faces. That's right. that's kind of how but it played to me. There was a kiss, I guess, that just got cut out. So they filmed they filmed a kiss. And it just wasn't in the huh. final cut. That's too bad. I, you know, I could, I could give or take a kiss. Like it doesn't make a difference to me. Just That's usually uh, the way kisses work. Either give or take them. Yeah. <laughs> 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 right. Um, I don't know. I, I really liked it. I was, I was very pleased. What did you guys think about uh, Idris Elba about Crawl? What do you think about the the bad guy? You mean Stringer Bell. Stringer, what's that? From the Stringer, Wire. From the Wire. Oh, yeah. yeah. Star Trek Pentecost. Uh, <laughs> this is all going on. It was awesome. I thought. I, yeah. Feel like he was underutilized. You think so? I don't. He. I, I think. I think. I just thought was such a beautiful man. <laughs> they. They had all that makeup on him. I was just like, it's not. Well, you too, get a Starfleet picture at least. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. They're just uh, like half of half of the pleasure of watching Luther is just those mm-hmm. high def shots of I just always brooding face. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then he threw. I mean, his performance was good, but I just want to see more of his face because he's got a cool face. His character was the one part of this movie that I was a little less than thrilled with because I liked the story of his character a lot, uh, but they made huge leaps with this character, um, both visually and with the way he spoke, mm-hmm. and they didn't really tie those things together enough, in my opinion. Where, yeah, like, like why he, did he, he look like that? Uh, yeah, so my, I think what all. they are trying to say is that he sucks out the life force of of people to make himself live longer and right. he takes on the physical physical attributes because all of his people look super different yeah and then when he starts mm-hmm. to suck on humans he starts to look more human so oh. i think so he's like, yeah, the alien. he's like the alien in the thing yeah, it's sort of like in uh uh the aliens movies how the xenomorphs are supposed to be like slightly different based on what they burst out yeah, of totally totally but yeah I, I thought it was i thought it was cool that he was kind of a vampire and they didn't really overplay the like Hey, he's a space vampire, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the idea of him <laughs> taking over, vampire. like, the different characteristics of the people that he was taking on, I, I, I thought it was neat. Yeah. And I kind of like that there wasn't a, like, let's have, like, a long, weird dialogue explanation of this. Like, mm-hmm. let's get real exposition-y about why he's not spiky anymore. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I didn't necessarily dislike it. It's just it all happened really fast without showing any of the change necessarily so like all of a sudden he's just a human again Reason. or almost human again yeah. so i thought i so when i was like in the beginning when he's all like scaly and spiny and then he like sucks those other dudes juice and then his <laughs> skin comes a little more smooth yeah. i thought i took that as like he was like a real old creature and he's just sucking the youth out of him oh, you know exactly. and then yeah, so when he looks smoother he's just becoming younger yeah right There's something about the fact that he looks really human by the time they find his actual human face in the archives well, that um, just it's just like his... that, the timing of that struck me as kind of funky. Yeah. But he'd been um, feeding off a of, you know yeah. Federation crew people. Yeah, yeah, totally. And most of them are humanoid. Yeah, so it does work. Like story wise, mm-hmm. it does work. 
And I guess this maybe it's just the voice at that point. I had a really hard time That's understanding what he was saying. Yeah. I, I actually, really... this time I understood it a lot better. The oh, really? The first time I saw it, I it was like Bane syndrome. Like, I couldn't yeah. hear anything he said. But yeah. this What's time... a lovely voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that same but... issue with Scotty, too. And, like, when he would yell, I'm like, what the fuck did he say? Yeah, and could yeah. he, he like, if, like way, too many, way too many lasses. Yeah. <laughs> Lassie. Oh, not enough lassies. Lassie. 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 I'm not. Lassie. Like, I want. Uh, Lassie uh, the dog shows up. Dear, <laughs> dear video nerds that listen to this podcast, I want a supercut of Scotty saying Lassie on my desk <laughs> by Friday at noon. <laughs> Unspecified Friday. Unspecified desk. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. My desk. Or you're fired. Definitely noon. Yeah. I did have this moment where when I saw the first trailer, I'm like, Idris Elba, you're covering him up? Like, you're covering his face? That's crazy. But then to see that the whole story was kind of working towards him being unmasked, it's like, oh, now I understand. Mm -hmm. It's like you have to kind of stamp Idris Elba's face on it if you're going to have him in there. You know, you can't just... he's got a great face. Great face. Dude, Dark Tower. Who's fucking excited about Dark Tower? Idris Elba. I'm so psyched. So excited. Sure, they'll get my money. I've never read a Dark Tower. (laughs) (laughs) Never read a Dark Tower, but, you know, shut up and take my money. Yeah. Yeah. I was when I was reading the book, I was picturing Clint Eastwood, and then I just saw that one picture of the release. I'm like, oh no, I was wrong. Yeah, it's like, interesting. That's, that's it always has been. Yeah, and it always yeah. will be. I'm very excited about it. Uh, Bones was wonderful. Uh, yeah, Bones and yeah, Spock relationship really was, was great. Bones so and Spock. Times, yeah. yeah, this is the most in-depth Spock Bones there's ever been. I loved it. Oh yeah, ever. yeah. Because oh, yeah. yeah. so Spock and Bones always are making fun of each other and mad at mm-hmm. each other. And as a as a casual viewer of the show, you'd probably think that they hated each other. But uh, the conversation they had where Spock was about to admit to McCoy how he feels about him, mm-hmm. um, that's something that I personally have wanted to see since, for, for a long, long time. And like, I watched the original series in my, in my 20s, but I, I've been watching the movies since I was a teenager, you know, the, mm-hmm. the original Star Trek movies. I've always wanted that moment. So to actually finally have it, even if it's these recast people, that was really cool for me personally. It's like, wow, this is something that I've always wanted with these characters, just to have them verbally confirm the what I think that they have as a relationship. But the fact that they never say it and they always kind of are mean to each other, it's like, well, you know, there's always the the nagging sense of doubt. Like, what if what if McCoy really does hate Spock? <laughs> well, and then McCoy's response is, "You don't have to say it. I know." Which yeah. really seemed to play to that too. I thought Super that was Han great. Solo moment. I loved it. Oh yeah, I totally yeah. thought that. Like, I know. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> oh, I just loved it when Spock laughed. Oh my god, yeah, that was that. amazing. It's like, oh, you're becoming yeah. delirious. Yeah, oh. <laughs> just like dating um, generations, hearing him say horseshit really made me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yes. horseshit yes. was great. Yes. Yeah, was I awesome. I struggle with the emotional Spock in the in the Kelvin timeline. This movie kind of made me a little bit more okay with it because I'm just kind of used to it at this point. He's like, well, he just doesn't have good control of his emotions, mm-hmm. you know, well, as, as good you're... as most Vulcans do and when, as good as the you know. uh, Spock Prime does. Uh, and then he had... Uh, How have we not talked about Jayla at all? Like, yeah, Jayla, no, I'm, yeah. I'm waiting for that. Scotty and Jayla, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was an She's awesome... She's amazing. She yeah. was fantastic. Best yeah. part of the movie. She was Absolutely. great. I loved it. <laughs> I loved her makeup. Yeah. yeah. It was oh, tribal face. Man. She had that little device that made her like holographic versions of herself that just yeah, pop so up and cool. kick the shit out of people. Yeah, I love just that. Turn her into the multiple man. Was yeah. Great. yeah. And but, she had that like amber weapon. It reminded me of the oh, amber yeah, from Fringe. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That just builds up a smoke wall. Yeah. I love when uh, Chekhov and Kirk were stuck in that. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Funny. yeah. That was great. <laughs> so good. And the idea of having that come out of the back of the motorcycle was just such a cool image. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really yeah. And that. then like building walls with it. As, yeah. As yeah. As yeah. I loved it. I uh, 
there's only there's only two moments in this movie where I was taken out of it as a viewer, which is and they were minor things, um, but I have to point them out. The first one, you actually whispered this in my ear. You're like, you go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, when they're when Kirk and Chekhov are suddenly in different outfits. Yeah, yeah, like, not, <laughs> yeah, like, oh, like, yeah. like, like not even the same undershirt, yeah. right? Yeah. They're just they're in their like yellow shirts when they get into the pods, <laughs> yeah. and then they get out, and it's like head to toe different outfits. So but I those just jackets assumed were really neat. <laughs> that they that they change in the escape pods. That mm-hmm. that's like they're Where's like the room? all weather right. gear, <laughs> yeah. you know? Like, I, maybe I, once they got out of the escape pod, maybe they're like changed in a sleeping bag. It's not that hard to do <laughs> no I have not maybe their clothes were uh, beamed off of them and then new outfits were beamed on why would everyone else have they, those they get uh... in right and they're like pressed in yeah like it's there's not a lot of room I mean the good thing is that it was consistent it was only the people that went down in the escape pods that were no. in that outfit no yeah. there's a lot of people went uh, oh, okay, maybe not. A lot of people went oh, down an oh, escape Scotty pod. Oh, Scotty went in an escape pod, right? He didn't. No, he, he took a missile. Oh, yeah, he, he was took a missile. With his phone. Oh, I loved okay. that. I loved yeah. that he flew himself down in a fucking, like, missile no, shaft. Like, what, yeah. about, what about all the crew members that went in uh, escape pods? Yeah, there was a shit And then got captured, yeah. and then were like all... Like the one in, with the tarantula oh, right, they were still he, in. He was I, an escape pod. Maybe it was only, like, ranking officers that had Maybe just the escape pods on the bridge or something. It might Did they call them Kelvin pods? I thought I heard him say Kelvin pods. I don't know. Which makes sense, because the USS Kelvin is the ship that was destroyed George Kirk's ship that um, like in the first movie yep. so hmm. it wouldn't make sense that like going to the escape pod would be called the Kelvin pod after that like, I don't know I thought that was kind of cool if that's what he said I wasn't 100% sure and that's why it's called the Kelvin timeline also Ooh. booyah Ooh. yeah uh, what was your other what was your other beef my other beef was the fact that the motorcycle was in the mess hall. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, but uh, they did so such a cool thing with it that I'm oh, I'm okay with it. I did, I did when I first saw the preview for it and I saw a motorcycle. I was like, well, this is some shoehorn Fast and Furious bullshit. Yeah. But then, but then you remember the first movie and uh, James Kirk loves Steel, motorcycles. Yeah, and he yeah. stole a car. You know, like yeah. there are like terrestrial vehicles that mm-hmm. are similar to what we have here. So it yeah. to me, it like made sense. Like yeah. maybe it wasn't in the right spot in the building, but or in the ship, but yeah. uh, I was able to like, let that grape go. Yeah. Well, we, we started talking about JLo and then it just went, went off yeah. immediately. Um, <laughs> I, what, what do you think about the idea of her coming back? What if she Into goes to Starfleet Academy and then joins the I, crew? Yeah. yeah I, I hope so much that that's what they were setting up. I know me too. I would yeah. love that. I one of my like my list of things that I wanted from the new movies was to have new characters join the crew mm. because that's the kind of thing that happens over the series like uh, Worf joins DS9 or Seven of Nine joins Voyager so yeah. it's it's really nice to see a little bit of change in that yeah and the fact that we have a new timeline for it really makes room for that which yeah is neat. well it's been announced that Anton Yelchin is not going to be recast yeah uh, that they're not going to recast uh, Chekhov which is good which yeah. I really was happy for mm-hmm. what if Jayla is the new um, bridge officer at the con instead of Chekhov in the next movie how well, cool would that be she seems more of an engineering type but I don't know well Chekhov's also very oh, engineering yeah, minded I mean true. yeah that could be super neat it was so hard to watch him on screen it was really hard it was yeah. so sad especially yeah. that last that last scene where it like pans over the crew and he was yeah. one of the last ones that it panned over yeah it's hard to watch yeah I was so happy that they were able to put in the four Anton mm-hmm. in the credits. Because, yeah, um, I mean, it happened yeah, so soon to when the movie was coming yeah, out. But they still yeah. had that chance to dedicate it to him, which was which was really yeah, cool. I was worried that that wasn't going to come up after Leonard Nimoy. It's like, okay, not, that's not the only one we lost. Yeah. 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 But they did the most incredible job of saying goodbye to Leonard Nimoy in this movie. Oh, there was a couple moments really where did, I was yeah. close to tears. Just yeah. like Because that's a real thing. You know, like Leonard Nimoy is... 
uh, he wasn't just Spock. He became an ambassador for what Star Trek is all about, especially when he kind of came to terms with being Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, he had two books, one called <laughs> I Am Not Spock and one called I Am Spock. Yeah, both yeah at different points in his life as he kind of accepted. Fantastic. Yeah. Have you read them? Yeah, I have oh, them both. If you I want to borrow them. them. Yeah, I'd love to. I haven't read them. Yeah, they're oh really God, good. Cool. Uh, so the, the scene in the beginning in particular when, um, when young Spock sees that old Spock is dead, like that really hit me. That was an emotional moment for me. There was a lot of really emotional moments for me in this movie, which I was so happy about. Yeah. I mean, my, my overall experience of this movie was one of just like pure joy. I just, uh, like all my issues were so small and nitpicky, not like the last one where the whole last half of the movie, I was just like, no, Uh, I, this just felt like a huge course correct to me where it just brought it back on to what Star Trek is it all about. It wasn't nearly as brooding as yeah. uh, Into Darkness. And I guess uh, the first the first one wasn't that broody, but Into Darkness was real, like, real downer, like, the yeah. whole time. Yeah, it didn't have any of the spirit of what being in Starfleet is all about. And I love that this movie started without that and then found it by the end, when Kirk is just sick of being out in space. Uh, I never thought that I'd want to see Kirk be sick of being in space, but I loved it. I loved yeah, the like, beginning like of space so Kirk. much. Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, ah, yeah. I you know, kind of want to get out. I'm not really loving this. I had a hard time buying that. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. I just, I mean, he's Kirk. Like, that's so, what he does. Like, the fact that he would even think about taking an admiral... Well, maybe is. shit. I mean, if if it's if if you're doing just like boring ass diplomatic shit, it, like he. I think it has more to do with the loss of his dad. I think that, like, his conversation on his birthday in the beginning, well, before his birthday, where yeah. he's talking to to Bones about how, like, his dad joined because he wanted to, and he joined on a dare. I think that Kirk never really. Like, Kirk didn't have a father figure in this timeline, whereas in the original timeline, he did. So he's very different. Like, he's he's getting, going in the same direction, but for different reasons. And I mm-hmm. thought that it was cool for him to take it on himself in this movie, that it's it's my choice that I want to be exploring space. And seeing him kind of find that spark at the end was really, really cool. And I, I, did, I did buy that he didn't feel that at first, because he's a much angstier version of Kirk, because he grew up without a dad, you know? That's true. Looking at the way the movies have gone so far, the reboot movies, I think that like the main difference to the Kelvin timeline is that now the odd numbered movies are good, where in the past it was the even numbered movies. Oh, weird. That's kind of great mirroring, right? (laughs) Yeah. In the Kelvin timeline, even numbers are different. Yeah. So did you guys hear about the new Star Trek series, Star Trek Discovery? Did you follow this at Comic-Con announcement yesterday? That uh, they showed a little teaser with the ship. It's called the Discovery. Yeah, and it's basically a triangle and a circle flying through space that are connected <laughs> together. I think it was what? for uh, Star Trek Phase Two, but there were some Ralph McQuarrie drawings mm-hmm. that I've seen. It was that look a lot like that ship. It was a Ralph McQuarrie drawing. It was for something else, and around that period of time, it, uh, I thought it was Phase Two also. But uh, Ian Adams, I, was, I follow him on Twitter, who's been on the show before. And, he pointed out that it's from something else that I didn't recognize. But oh, okay. it, but yeah, it was a Ralph McQuarrie drawing. The original Ralph McQuarrie drawing, uh, the saucer section is way smaller, and it's got this really cool like ramp down to the to the drive section, which is a giant triangle. Um, but the new design, it's like the saucer and the drive are like the same size, but one's a circle and one's a triangle, and it's so, so weird looking. Are you saying it's, it looks yeah. like that Pink Floyd album cover? Which one? 
Like a saucer full of I secrets. Know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's literally I'm, just like a circle in a triangle. Yeah, yeah. a little bit of like rainbow dust. <laughs> yeah. So I was I wasn't super wild about the design of the ship, but I am excited that it is going to be serialized. It's not going to be a anthology show, which yeah, we've all thought nice. for a long time. Which reminds me, I have like a giant crush on the USS Franklin. I thought that ship, <laughs> that ship was very charming. It was so cool. For pretty sure. cool. Yeah. yeah. And it looks so much more like a ship from the original series. When you, when you're outside looking in, it's just simpler and sleeker mm-hmm. and like bigger windows. Cause you're, cause it's a smaller ship. And um, was the, was the Franklin, is that a reference to like earlier Star Trek stuff? Or is that, was that not new? one that I know? I have uh, no idea. I know the fact that it was NX is kind of a reference to Enterprise. Like, I think NX preceded the NCCs. Was it an NX? I didn't even notice that. Yeah, it was. The call sign, I think, was an NX. Oh, that's awesome. Did you you catch the throwaway line about the Makos being disbanded? Yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah, so in Star Trek Enterprise... There's uh, there's no Federation, but there is a Starfleet, which is the like kind of like the Navy, and then there's Makos, which are like the Army. Uh, so you have this sort of more militarized uh, branch of human service, like armed services, basically. Uh, and I love that Scotty was talking about how the Makos were disbanded when Starfleet joined the Federation because we're not militarized anymore. It was super cool. I loved it. I thought it was so great. It's uh, weird to think. Oh, sorry. Uh, uh, so the ship, they're like Kirk's ship is the Enterprise, right? Yeah. And what was Next Generation also the Enterprise? Mm-hmm. Enterprise yeah. D. Enterprise uh, this is D. Enterprise A in the original. Yeah. yeah. So in Star oh, well, Trek Three, the, the search well, for Spock, uh, spoiler alert, the original Enterprise is destroyed. Um, the original Enterprise is refit for the motion picture. It looks completely different, but then they destroy it in the third movie, and then they get another ship that looks exactly the same called the Enterprise A, yeah. uh, which happened at the end of this movie, too, which mm-hmm. I loved, like the third movie. Yeah. Um, but we didn't even talk about destroying the Enterprise. Oh, my God. Oh, I was like, yeah. have, have we Devastated. Ever? Have we ever seen a, a ship in Star Trek get destroyed that completely? It was. I don't think so. It it was like watching like body mutilation to me. Yeah, it, it was yeah. devastating. And to there me. were people flopping j- dead everywhere. Just yeah, like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, this these movies. I love that they do a lot of spaceship porn, uh, and the Enterprise <laughs> just looks naked to me. It's just like glorious and nude, and <laughs> like uh-huh. this weird. <laughs> feminine way that I really like and then just to watch it ripped apart so violently was really hard to watch I mean the only thing that's ever come close was the destruction uh, spoilers spoilers for Star Trek Generations Um, the destruction of the Enterprise D was just oh my god that's something I'll never recover from but they I feel like they kind of tried to reference that with this destruction when it hits the planet and glides on the ground like that. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, just just having it like dismembered. Though. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh like, my god, yeah. the just, cells like, were like ripped off. Yeah. yeah. The shot we like, see the cells behind seen... it, and then you just, pan like, up and they're not back. connected anymore. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think we've ever seen no. anything like that. Yeah. Not not on the Enterprise. Not on like our ship. Yeah. yeah. Not in well. I mean, we see the Enterprise blow up all the time, but then they reset and it didn't actually happen. You know. So, <laughs> right. Uh, just to see it for real, and I think we all kind of knew it was coming because they pretty much gave it away in the trailers. But it was so much more. Um, it was like graphic starship violence of a type yeah. that I've never experienced. For well, sure, was, there was a lot of shots of the crew members' faces too, yeah. and yeah. you, you and could Kirk like feel the their pain of them losing their ship. Oh. That's what really hit. Yeah. Me. Especially Kirk yeah. when he's the last one on the yeah. ship, and he's yeah. like, yeah. "God damn it!" Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've kind of always wanted to see, to be honest. But then um, they did use the saucer at the end to just like help 
Oh yeah, yeah, that, that was, cool. was super cool. They yeah, got like thrusters, so twice thrusters firing. The saucer of the Franklin and the Enterprise were used as like a pog slammer to, like, <laughs> 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 to just like. Oh, that's you know, funny. The only pogs I owned as a kid were Star Trek: The Next Generation slammers. Yeah. yeah. Do you just, still have them? No, I wish. God, I don't know what it. happened to them. Uh, How and did then, that game work? So you had like a, a heavy yeah. thing called the slammer, the slammer, and then you had the pogs, which were like cardboard, and you slam them, and they either land upside down or right or or. Or what's the opposite of upside down? Right side down. <laughs> Wait. Uh, and then, like, if they're upside down, one you you call it in the air, kind yeah. of like calling a coin. And then, uh, if you get face up, you get all the face ones, and then yeah. your opponent keeps the the tails ones. And but you kind of keep or the slammer, the pogs. The, pogs. The, the slammer is your tool to like to it's slam like, the pogs, kind of like jacks, I guess. Right. So you it. throw you throw the pogs just at them, but aren't they like they stack up? You stack and then you take them. The slammer yeah. and, you know, and you slam them, and they and go. Oh, and the slammer's like a metal thing. I think. Yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or plastic. And then you're basically just trying to collect them all, right? And that's the winner. I remember I was. You know, when I was in elementary school, the kids were playing them, but I was like too poor to to get them. Aww. But no, it's fine. I they looked stupid anyway. Yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> allowed. Either. It it no was cardboard. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't allowed to have them because uh, all these people were saying that it was gambling and shit. Oh come you know? on! So, sort of but is. but my parents did let me have the next generation ones because I'm like, well, these these are Star Trek. I mean, um, it is kind of gambling, isn't it? It's like intro to gambling. Yeah, but so it's is like every other game points. we play. Yeah, like yeah, every game is gambling if you look at it that way. I bet yeah. you five dollars it isn't. That's gambling, <laughs> dude. How fucking cool was the Yorktown, the space station? Oh, that was awesome! Oh my god, yeah. that was like an wet dream. I know. Yeah, that was amazing. It was gorgeous. Yeah, I have no problem with the fact that it's like way more technologically advanced than anything we've ever seen, like way in the future mm-hmm. in the other timeline. I don't care. I loved it. I love that it's line like, from Bone Series. It's like, looks like a snow globe rushing first <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and the way they used it for as. Toward, at the end of the movie was mm-hmm. amazing. Oh, yeah, well, like the gravity wells and everything? So cool. Yeah. yeah really uh, so cool. Was I that l- the stuff they shot in Dubai? Is I think that so. Dubai? It must be. Yeah, I was wondering what was Dubai. It, honestly, with Dubai, like, the Yorktown could just be a thing in Dubai. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved, uh, like, seeing the Enterprise fly in underwater. Oh, that was yeah, really that was cool. Neat. So yeah. cool. There were so many visual moments in this that were unlike anything we've ever seen in Star Trek that were, like, all pornographic to the me. The only thing I really know? didn't like was the... Um, the fake Christmas tree of the bad guys of the bees. Oh, really? Out there like, oh, I dug that. <laughs> oh, it made a yeah. cool clanking noise when they all disconnected yeah. from the planet. It's so weird looking. Yeah. Like the idea of like a modular ship was just yeah. neat. Mm-hmm. This movie did something that uh, I don't think any Star Trek movie has ever successfully done, which is go from space to Earth to, to a third location and have you feel like you spent enough time in all three places. That's like, a good point. Yeah, where, like, search for Spock. Um, once you're on the planet, you're kind of there, you know, like mm-hmm. everyone's going to the planet. And then once everyone's on the planet, nothing really happens after that besides what's on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's a lot of movies where you're kind of going from place to place, but there's no movies where there's just three distinct places, like beginning, middle and end. And all three felt fleshed out to me. And I like, I, I know, like I'll, I'll see some movies. They'll get to a planet. I'm like, oh, well now we're on the part we're on the planet. Now I have to wait until we get back into space. I never felt that way with mm-hmm. this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, the fact that we did go back into space and go back to the Yorktown and spend so much more time there was just like such a treat. And I thought they set up everything really well. I love that when Kirk and Krall, I love that when they meet, they fight immediately. There's no like waiting to meet to fight. They fought the first time they met. So you have engagement with the bad guy immediately. Oh, I don't wow. think that's ever happened either. Oh, never no, mind. Yeah. I just answered my own question. I was like, how did he know he was Kirk? But then like, he's, yeah, he knows everything. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. that actually that. I so I saw it twice, and the first time I saw it, there were so many like, wait, why does he know who Kirk is? Wait, how does he know that the ship has the thing on it? 
And watching it this time, there's little stuff like uh, early on when uh, Spock is putting away the artifact, you see the artifact on the screen and there's a little glitch, Mm -hmm. like a little line. And and watching it this time, I was like, oh, so that's Crawl seeing, oh, this is the artifact. See, I I, thought that was just like confirmed, like we got it now. Okay. I thought that the ship had been infected with some sort of virus or something at that point. Yeah, I I, I figured it was just like triggers in me. The screen is... Scribbly, I don't know. Or but yeah. yeah, watching it this time, there's actually a fair amount of foreshadowing. Well, like the video that they sense. see on the Franklin, yeah. they're like, okay, that's going to be, that's yeah. something. That's yeah. like, yeah. that's Chekhov's video. Yeah. yeah. I thought the script was like really tight. I thought it was really buttoned up pretty well. Mm-hmm. And there are moments that take huge leaps that ask you to kind of go along for the ride. But they, they back it up enough for me personally. And I know it's not going to back it up for a lot of fans out there. But like I've been on such a big Doctor Who kick recently. So the idea of like beating the bad guys with music was just all I wanted. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Has, has another Star Trek movie used like contemporary music? Uh, uh, in First, First Contact. In First Contact, oh, yeah. when they're taking off in the warp ship, they play um, Magic Carpet Ride by Steppenwolf. Oh, that's awesome. right. I and forgot it's awesome. about that. That's one of my favorite moments of any Star Trek movie also. Do you know what? I think uh, this works really well because Guardians of the Galaxy did this so well too mm-hmm. that they're like, yes, let's try something that they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I dug it a lot. Mm-hmm. I liked. I love Jayla's description of music. <laughs> yeah. Like it's loud and shouting. They're yeah, like shouting. I like the beat. beats and the shouting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm like very very happy. I mean, first viewing, of course. Uh, you know, who knows what will happen in the future? But after the first viewing, I'm like pretty thrilled with this movie. I'm very happy it exists. Yeah. I love the first uh, 2009 Star Trek. Everyone knows how I feel about Into Darkness. So this one might even make me like Into Darkness more, just knowing where the storytellers are going to go. And yeah, they did kind of replace a lot of the people, like the writers and the director, which is pretty important. But <laughs> um, but it just went, I mean, it's still produced by J.J. Abrams mm-hmm. and really, really like worked for me on so many different levels. And Simon Pegg, mm-hmm. my hat, so my hat's good. off to Simon Pegg because he, you know, co-wrote this movie. And starred in it. And starred yeah. in it. And he was great. And mm-hmm. I could tell. He was great. I could see his footprint all over it, you oh, know, yeah. like just having seen other Simon Peck films and, and Spaced and stuff and knowing his sense uh, of humor. I've been out, I've been to the flat from Spaced. Oh, really? Yeah, in London. I've oh, been outside cool. that front of it. That's awesome. <laughs> the people were living there, so I had to like be discreet. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I, I really like that it didn't rely on the first two movies. Totally. Yeah. 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 It, it built did. on them, but it didn't rely on them at all. Yeah, it definitely yeah. stands alone. Yeah. Like you, I think you, I think you cannot see the first two movies and, and see that one and totally, yeah. totally yeah. in it. And I would maybe even recommend not watching in the darkness. <laughs> yeah. it, like there's yeah. nothing in this movie where they took a leap that I couldn't follow them. You on. know, what my favorite part about in the darkness was is what? how they, uh, is it how they cured death with triples? No, it, no, it was that like you, you like, you're like, who is this villain? Who's this mysterious villain? And then like at the height of the tension is like, I'm con. And you're like, fuck yeah, you are. You're fucking con. I knew it. I knew it. I'm so uh, glad you're con. That's, I wish that I wouldn't have known that before I went kidding. to see I, that I just movie. know that really gets you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see my face just drop? Let's oh, not you know, about that movie. I, I'm in such a good mood. After, after that, like, I, I was kind of worried about this movie after In the Darkness. And yeah. I've got to say, like, it's renewed my faith in the franchise. Yeah. They're like, I mean, I love Star Trek stuff, but this specific, like, the movie reboots, I was kind of like, oh, these might not be that great now. And now I'm actually, like, I'm really thrilled to see the next one, particularly, like, if Jayla's a crew member, mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah. And, I thought yeah, you said J-Lo just, for a second. Like, that too. That too. would also yeah, be good. I'd watch that too. That's, yeah. that's great. Why not? I kept thinking that you were calling like calling O'Hara that because she had J-Lo like hair. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, like, oh J-Lo. Yeah. J-Lo. Yeah. J-Lo. <laughs> no, I, I'm bad at enunciating alien names. Yeah. So. I think this is... Oh, I also love the um, subtitle or the um, when they were doing in other languages, the subtitles those like the way that those yeah worked, where it looked like it was just being written out by hand almost yeah and it kind of like evaporated and, yeah yeah it was interesting i feel like this movie is great news for for fans of star trek in general because uh we have we have like a big budget franchise going right now of star trek that course corrected immediately when the fans were upset after Into Darkness. My fear going into these new movies was, will it represent Star Trek? Because mm-hmm. I know so many people are going to watch these and love it and be all about Star Trek all of a sudden that won't know the history like I do. And will those people be on the same page as me is something that that I worry about. Like, will they love Star Trek for the reason that it is important? And Star Trek's important because of social change and social justice and looking to the future in a positive way. Um and this movie is. This movie has it. Like, someone could come to Star Trek at this movie and get it. And that fills me with joy, you know? They might not get it uh, to the full depth of what it's represented in the past, but that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that, like, is that message intact? And it is. And that's coming after the movie where it wasn't. Like, the second movie, that message was not intact. And the fans were upset. So that gives me hope for the future. That makes me feel like... Uh, the people that are making these decisions with this huge amount of money are making the right decisions based off of like, is this right for Star Trek? Not just, is this going to make money? Because this was a strange story. You know, this was an episode of the show. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. much so. I mean... They get conned into a mission. Yeah, totally. I mean, th- that's not something that generally happens mm-hmm. in the movies. Maybe like the second or the third Next Generation movie is the only other one I can think of off the top of my head that felt like it was that small of stakes although the stakes got bigger and bigger as mm-hmm. the movie went along because all of a sudden like um if crawl gets out it's the whole galaxy at stake but that was very late in the movie so mm-hmm. the whole the whole first um like two-thirds of the movie the stakes are kirk's crew and that to me is enough like that to me is huge just that one crew is huge to me uh, and i like the fact that this movie did that and kind of recognized that whereas before it's always been well this crew is expendable if we can save the entirety of earth you know I'm sick of that. I don't. I don't feel those stakes as deeply. I'm well, more- I feel like you know. I think hopefully more movies will kind of go in that direction. Where, like, if you look at Captain America: Civil War, like, yeah, totally. It's not like the planet's not at stake in that movie. It's just about it's it's about the Avengers not agreeing with each other. Yeah, right? and that and that and that's an, and that story's enough because it's a compelling story. Totally. And uh, it was a great, great fucking movie too. It was a really a, good yeah. movie. But yeah. like, but like with this, it was like it. It didn't have to be this like the universe at stake. It's like you said, it's the crew. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who here has always wanted to see an episode of star Trek that was just made with the biggest budget and was like super over the top, exciting, like everyone, right? Like star Trek, people are nodding their heads. I have to say that out loud. Yes, Um, absolutely. That's what this felt like to me is like, I got this ultimate episode of, of what I love about star Trek. And yes, I mean, there are, I, I love so many episodes of Star Trek more than this movie. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that, uh, just like the, the spirit behind this was awesome. And I just can't say enough, obviously about how much I like that. <laughs> it, it felt like Roddenberry's Star Trek again. Yeah. Like the last two movies were, well, one of them was really good, but, uh, <laughs> uh they, they didn't necessarily have like the optimism and I, I feel like in original series in particular, the episodes always seem to come down to 
tests of human character and tests yeah. of friendship and yes, relationships. Totally. And that's what this one was. And that made me really happy. Like I, I'm going to blame Simon Pegg. Cause I think that he just <laughs> like got it when yeah. he was working on the script. And yeah, it just, it made me really, really happy to get a track that's really track again. And I kind of feel like we've regained that. Yeah. I'm also just like thrilled at how well it's doing. That's oh, so yeah. cool. Yeah. It's doing really well. And we're going to get another. It's great. Yep. Yeah. Guys, we're live right now. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Wait, we are? Most of us. Uh, and I just want a little model of the USS Franklin or the NX Franklin <laughs> to figure out what it's called. Um, yeah. Anyone else? I'm good. No, just uh, his many colored fruit at uh, uh, bandcamp.com. <laughs> Do you want to start over? self <laughs> <laughs> Okay, people, I wanted an answer to whether the Franklin was USS or NX. Turns out it's both. Turns out Ross and I were both correct, so check this out. This is from a blog off of TrekCore.com. Uh, this is a quote from Dylan Highsmith, one of the lead picture editors on Star Trek Beyond. If you want the official explanation on the Franklin and its warp factor, it was a Mako ship or a United Earth Starfleet ship that housed Mako personnel at times that predates the NX-01. NX-01 referring to the Enterprise NX-01 from the show Enterprise. Continuing, when the UFP, uh, United Federation of Planets, when the UFP Starfleet is formed, Mako is disbanded and the ship was reclassified as a Starfleet ship with the USS identifier. The ship is then lost in the early 2160s. It was important to everyone that the ship, like Edison, predate the Federation, that thematically the ship mirrored an earlier time in history and served as a bridge in design between then and the NX-01. That's fucking cool. So, not only does it fit with the Enterprise universe, but it fits in in a really cool, complex way that makes perfect sense. It's both the USS and NX. I love it. I love nerdy, geeky shit like that. It makes me really happy. So, I, I've, been, I've been riding high after seeing this movie. I, I've been reading a lot of fan reaction. Yes, I recognize that this is not as deep of a film as most other classic Star Trek is. But let's take a look at Star Trek in a whole and recognize that not every episode of the show is deep or classic. Not every movie has this great emotional uh, or philosophical arc to it. And the fact that this one had any at all, to me, was a huge win. Not just that, but uh, a couple nights ago, or last night? Last night. Two nights ago? Two nights ago. Two nights ago, uh, Tiffin and I watched Star Trek Into Darkness because she really likes that movie and she wanted to convince me that it's not as bad as I think it is. And I have to say that in the context of all three films, Star Trek Into Darkness isn't as bad as I thought it was, um, which I feel so bizarre saying out loud because I've really, really disliked it for so long. And yes, there are things about it that are still terrible. The, the Tribble scene, curing the Tribble with the blood was just terrible, but they didn't necessarily cure death. They just found a way to regenerate cells that were severely irradiated after Kirk was in the, the, uh, the warp core. So not not as bad as I thought it was. I kind of like went went blank the first time I saw it because I was so upset with what they were doing that I didn't quite catch all the details. But uh, and I'll admit I only saw the whole movie once before a couple nights ago. I actually tried to watch it again when it came out on um, like came out on home video. I tried to stream it and I only watched half of it. I got to that triple scene. I was like fuck this movie and I turned it off. But I, I sat through the whole thing this time and I actually really enjoyed it. Uh, it has problems. It is not a good movie necessarily. But it's not a bad movie. I mean, 
it's, uh, it's kind of somewhere in between. I actually really, 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 really like, if not even love, about half of that movie. And that's not bad, right? So if we have three Star Trek movies in the J.J. timeline, and I really like, if not love, two and a half of those movies, that's fucking solid, guys. All right? So now I am firmly on board with the J.J. Uh, rebooted Trek universe. I've been a little bit on the fence. Like, I really liked it. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I knew that I loved the first one and was very conflicted, if not kind of hated the second one. But now that there's three and I realize that I like two and a half, that's pretty damn good. Keep in mind that this is the first time that we've ever had a Star Trek cast that wasn't on TV, that didn't have the chance to develop. This would be like uh, judging Star Trek The Next Generation off of like six episodes and saying that that's it that's all you get is this a good or a bad show and let's say it was the first six episodes and you're dealing with uh some bullshit racist stuff from from code of honor you might not necessarily think it was going to become the great show that it became so let's stop judging the jj movies so harshly i mean if it's even like just saying look at the original six star trek films um yeah there's some great stuff in those films incredible stuff but it does not encapsulate all that it means to be a Star Trek fan. So let's not expect that from any particular movie, any particular incarnation of any of the movies, and let's just take it all in, enjoy all of it, love all of it for the things that we love, and, you know, have a, a understanding debate about the things that we don't. Something else I, I realized about myself after this uh, more friendly viewing of Into Darkness is that one of the things, if not the most important thing to me about Star Trek is the feeling of family among the crew. Uh, just turning it on and feeling like these are my friends, I know these people, I would be accepted by these people. I think that's maybe why I really latch on to the whole social justice aspect of Star Trek, is because um, I just want to be able to go anywhere and be myself and be accepted just as a person. That's something I very desperately want as a human, and it seems to me like the Star Trek future is the one where that could happen for everyone. Um, so feeling like this crew are my friends, that's a big deal to me. And after seeing three movies with this incarnation of the crew, I'm feeling that way, especially after Star Trek Beyond. With Bones and Spock by themselves, realizing how deep the bonds between them go, uh, you know, we don't get to see all that form because we don't spend five years in space with them. We don't go on the five-year mission with them like we did in the original series. I mean, it sure, it's three years, whatever. But the we don't get the day-to-day -day of those developments, so we kind of get these big jumps in time where these characters are changing. But what I'm realizing is that I, I do love these versions of the characters. And because of that, going back and watching a movie I really didn't like the first time, uh, I liked it so much more because I wanted to spend more time with those characters, with these actors playing those characters. And that's what makes me a fan of it. That's what I love about it. I mean, you can do anything with the Next Generation characters. You can uh, have Beverly fuck a ghost, and I'm not going to hate the show because I love the people so much. And I love what they stand for so much. So you don't necessarily need to beat me over the head in every incarnation of Star Trek with... Uh, you know, some deep philosophical dilemma, although I love that, and I love being beaten with that, because it, it's wonderful. But you don't have to do that as long as I feel like that is the, the overall point of view of the creators, as long as that is there. And I now feel that way because of what Simon Pegg and uh, Doug Jung have brought to Star Trek Beyond. I feel like that is there. Um, and even if it's under the surface, if you're building a fun action movie on that foundation, then I'm probably going to love it, and in this case, very much do. So, booyah. Um, so let's find what we love about it, and let's celebrate it, and let's be happy and positive people. What do you say? That's, that's my plan moving forward. Well, we're going to keep the Star Trek rolling next week. 
jumping into our two-part episode discussing season four of TNG, and it is a, a riot. Can't wait to bring it to you. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you love this as always. If you want to support the show, you can check out how at jessemercury.com. You can contact me at sci-fi at jessemercury.com. Find me on Twitter at sci-fi project. And whatever you do, keep watching Star Trek and keep being nerdy. See you soon.